Hello and welcome to They Just Get It. I'm your host, Tyler Chisholm. I'm excited as I always am to have my guest on today. So I'd like to make a warm, uh, They Just Get It welcome to Miss Glory Meldrum. How are you, Glory? I'm amazing. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. We were chatting. We were trying to get this booked. We didn't. We, fi- we finally got it. The world has conspired. And we both agreed that timing just clearly wasn't right. And technology stopped us from meeting. And here we are today. I'm trying to even remember who introduced me to you. And that's always something I'm like, okay, what? one degree of separation in Western Canada. You and I had a phone call maybe, I don't know, two months ago. Yeah. And we just got super excited and like, like kind of yelled at each other for 10 minutes. And then we both got off. And I'm like, I don't even know what happened there. But this is going to be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> It was yelling out of excitement. Of course, yeah, 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 yeah yelling of, through raw enthusiasm. Totally. Lori, I've looked at, I've creeped you, I've looked online, I've looked at your website. Where, like, you do so much. So to ask what you do is a weird question. What are you the most passionate about in your life right now? Um, I am, in my own kind of personal life, I'm most passionate about getting mentally, physically, and spiritually just tuned up and really solid. Um, in my world, in the work that I do, I'm most passionate about um, preventing and treating and educating people about child sexual abuse, um, which is rampant in this country, around the world. And I, I'm passionate about that because my grandfather was a serial pedophile. And so I was uh, sexually abused from eight to 10. Uh, and you know, kind of very similar to lots of stories. Nobody believed me. I was dirty. I was wearing the wrong clothes. And uh, uh, 44, this is a crazy story. I don't think I told you this when we, when we chatted, but I, he had given me HPV at eight when I was raped and it stayed in my body, not and dormant until 44. And then it was full-bledged stage three cancer. And I had a 52% chance to die. So that uh, I've I am one of these kids um, that has um, been through the absolute unthinkable, and I mean I could tell you that you know I've slayed the dragons and I'm amazing. I've slayed lots of dragons, <laughs> but this one in particular, um, you know, it it really is a life sentence of trying to get healthy. Yeah, it, it, it really, it really is. And then you think you're there, Tyler, and then you're at the cancer place and they're like, you've got HPV. And I'm thinking, I've been with my husband for 30 years. Like I was never promiscuous. And then I remembered the only time that I would have been vulnerable would have been when I was eight to 10 years old. And so that was really um, a tough time for me. I had uh, two nervous breakdowns when I got diagnosed. I didn't work for 14 months. Uh, it w- ended up in a treatment center in the U S for 35 days. Like, you know, it's, I've been through a lot of stuff in my life. And so why I'm passionate, whether it's in my business and helping on the marketing side of nonprofits or, you know, with my own, with little warriors and the be brave ranch, that really is my heart is helping, helping the vulnerable, uh, kids, seniors, you, you name it like that is and I think it comes from my childhood because I didn't really have anybody and I saw all this suffering and I, I wanted to grow up and do whatever I could to make the world a better place. And so that's what I love is, um, you know, changing the world, healing children. Uh, yeah. And hopefully leaving this place better than when I got here. Then you found it. I yep. appreciate that. 
Talk to me a little bit about. I want to get. I want to get into Little Warriors and Beaver Ranch and all the things that have manifested, unfortunately, because of what you went through. So, eight to ten years old. Did you? Did it just get buried? Obviously, nobody believes you. And we're talking about generations where it still gets swept under the rug today. But thirty, forty, twenty years ago, it was even worse. Especially small towns, uh, people didn't want to talk about it. Did you? Did that get buried underneath? And like, did you carry that around unsupported for a long time after that? Because those are stories I've heard from other individuals yeah. in that kind of same era. I think that um, people make the assumption that things have gotten a lot better and they, and they truthfully, they haven't. they haven't. And so is there, you know, the Little Warriors Be Brave Ranch, which is the only treatment center in the world for sexually abused kids? Yes. Do we now have a world-class prevention program? There's places that do our counseling. We had advocacy centers, all of those pieces. But, you know, with the kids that we treat and any kids that have been in the media, they've either been with us or are coming to us. Right. And so I don't think that a lot has changed, Tyler, when it comes to the shame around it. Like my family was, you're dirty, you're a slut. What'd you wear? How did you entice? I was eight. Okay. I'm pretty sure I wasn't wearing something skimpy, you know, like, and so that piece, I still hear a lot of it. And it's only now my mom, I'm just turned 50 and my mom's 73 and we finally reconciled. And that I've forgiven my family and moved on with them. Um, it took me that that long to be able to let it go. But I'll be honest with you, Tyler. Like, I wish I someone would have said to me how powerful forgiveness was because I really didn't know. And when I figured it out that I needed to do it, um, I was like, "You got to be kidding me! Like, pick something else. Like, I don't, I don't want to do this shit." Right? <laughs> I love that. Pick something. Else. I don't want to do this, you know. And I phoned my mom, and I hadn't talked to my mom or seen my mom probably before my cancer diagnosis. Um, and I just said, you know, like, why don't we just love each other and forgive each other and forgive our own selves, and let's just move the fuck forward. Like, let's just. I don't want to hold any anger, any shit anymore. Like I'm just too old. I've been through too much. And now Tyler, my mom is one of my best friends. She's been out here for a year uh, visiting from the Maritimes. And, you know, I never thought possible that I would ever have a mom like the one I have now. And she just went through cancer. Never too late. It's never too late, dear. And uh, my mom just got diagnosed and went through the whole cancer piece. And I was be able to support her through that. And I'm just so grateful that, um, you know, I've got my mom back and there's no tension and there's no hatred. There's not all there is between us is love, pure, pure love. And I'm so grateful for that. And with your journey to get there, which I appreciate, there's probably a lot of people listening that can resonate with different versions of that reality of forgiving themselves, which is sometimes the trickiest, let alone forgiving people in your life. Cause you, you, you hold on to something for so long that letting it go, which is what you need to do also feels like you're somehow accepting it or like it's a, there's a weird dynamic. Was it working coaches, counselors support? What support did you have that got you to that point that you actually made that step? You know, it's interesting. Cause I'll, even though, um, like, like I started a, a clinical treatment program, I've been through so many, ther- like the one hour therapists in my life and I'm done. Like I'm, I'm done. Like, and the reason is, is you go in there and you're like, okay, well, what happened? Blah, blah, blah. And at the end of it, they're like, oh, you poor thing. Or like, you know what I mean? Like, there's no, I like, Hey, no, I'm not a poor thing. 
Like I've, I am not a victim. I'm a survivor. That, per- that unfortunately perpetuates that, that, that it moniker, does. Or that label, right? Yeah. And you know, for me, I'll be very honest. It's, it's been self-work. Like when I got diagnosed with cancer, you know, I went from, you know, CEO of five businesses and little warriors and go into the cross cancer in Edmonton. And I, I realized that maybe I wasn't as gracious as I thought I was. I wasn't accepting. I wasn't as non-judgmental. I, all of these things. And so even though cancer was a really horrific experience, what I learned from it, I would never give back. And my, the premise of my second book, it's called I Am Surrender. And it's all about what you just said, Tyler, is letting go, right? Because at the end of the day, there's a statement and it's something like, if you drink the poison of hatred, like you're the only one going to die because my grandfather never felt bad a day, a minute in his life for all the kids he raped. Like, so why was I hanging it and, and carrying it? And it's interesting. People will say to me, they're like, glory, like, what do I do? And I'm like, there's only one choice and you're not going to like it. And it is that you need to let it go. You need to surrender it and forgiveness. People make the mistake. Tyler about forgiveness is I didn't forgive my grandfather for him. I didn't forgive my mom for her. I didn't forgive my relatives. Nothing. I did it to set myself free. Okay. And the only one I'm close with is my mom and and maybe one of my aunts. But I made the decision not to carry the shit and the weights that were crippling me. And the only way I could do it was to surrender that, that hatred, that victim piece. And it's actually really changed my life. Hmm, Yeah. I I wish I would have known it earlier. It happened at eight to 10. Did, did you, did it come out right away or did you try to bring it out right away or did you bury it for a while? I'm just, cause that's like 20, 30 years of carrying that around. Like let's, let's think about the weight that people take on by not letting it go. Well, by 12, uh, I almost slipped both my wrists. Um, I had no one. I was, I was abandoned, like fully abandoned. And so I, when I went into my dad's bathroom, my parents were divorced and I took my dad's razor and I had it on my wrist and I was like, I'm going in, I'm either not coming out or I'm just going to, I'm going to, I'm going to kill myself. And that was at 12 because as soon as my family knew, they still made me go to his house, sit on his knee. Okay. Sit beside him at church, dance with him at weddings. He came to my house for supper. Like it, that's hard shit to get through. And And basically what they did is they said, you know, this will kill your grandmother if she finds out. Well, you don't live in an 1100 square feet and the wife doesn't know. I'm telling you right now. Okay. She knew. And so, you know, it, they weren't supportive, but you said something in the beginning is that there wasn't the awareness, there wasn't little warriors, there wasn't these things. So they didn't have all the tools. And when I looked at the forgiveness, maybe they didn't do things perfect, um, I don't think they were malicious. I actually think it was about pride and about shame. But the big thing that I say to people when I'm out speaking is that forgiveness will set you free. And it doesn't mean that you're best buddies with your offender. But if you don't let it go, it will destroy you. Wow. So you're 12 years old. You go through that episode, you go through that experience and then life doesn't necessarily like life doesn't get better. When, when did you start getting involved in channeling some of this energy? And I'm just going to call it that for lack of a better term into little warriors and be brave ranch and 
where like part of my healing is to stop this cycle or do what I can. Like, well, give me a little bit of just, just trying to yeah. put some timelines together. Mm. So, um, I've been an entrepreneur since I was 23, but when I was a little girl, I was like, I'm going to make lots of money and someday I'm going to help this cause and help these kids. And legit, I didn't think it was going to be me doing it. I had heard a guy yeah. named David Ash. He's an EO guy. And I was at a conference and he had taken a million dollars of his own money and he'd be a great guy for your podcast too. Taking a million dollars of his own money and he started a shelter for women that, that had drug addictions because his mother did. And she ended up dying on the street. I heard him. I got inspired. And it all came through me, through the universe, through God, at a conference. And I was writing it all down. Like, this isn't something I chose. I always wanted to help. But let's be really clear. I would not have picked this. It like between my businesses, you know, 50 hours there a week, 50 hours with little warriors. I got four kids, special, one special needs. Like, and I never thought, I mean, I talked all this stuff and I believed it, but I still today can't believe that it's the only world-class treatment center in the world. The, like, that's why like with the sounds of uh, freedom, I'm like, okay, everybody make sure you include us because they're, we're the ones treating these kids. And so I never thought that I'd be doubling the size, which I am now because there was too many kids that were raped in their homes. Uh, child sexual abuse in the homes has gone up. Disclosures has gone up 1400% since prior to COVID. And now I don't have enough beds. So I need to raise 5 million bucks to double the size so I have the beds. And plus, I'm building um, the first adult treatment center in the world for kids like me that were sexually abused as kids, but got no help, throughout, not the right help throughout their life. Yeah, and so because it, it, it wasn't there to be had. <laughs> right. And so, you know, it's it's a lot of pressure. You know, I have um, I have good days. Yesterday was like a day that I was like, does anybody give a shit about this? Like, you know, my thing on the sound of freedom is like, okay, guys, everybody that's sharing this, make a donation. Like, I don't give a shit that you went to the movie. That's great. But what are, what action are you taking? You actually have to do something, Tyler. Watching a movie and putting it on Facebook is not action. And I said to them, <laughs> I'm sig like, signaling, <laughs> it's signaling, man. And so I said, like, how many of you guys have donated? If you give such a big care about these kids, make a donation to little warriors. We're the only ones in the world treating them got it? Like, help us. And I've reached out to Tim Ballard to be on his podcast, to work together, to collaborate. And I hope that some of this hundred million that they've raised goes back into the treatment because you can rescue them, Tyler, but if you don't heal them, like yeah. one's not, one doesn't work with the, without the other. Right. And so sometimes I get a little bit, um, sometimes I get very inspired you know, I, I met with one of our donors the other day and I left there just electric. I was just so pumped. But, you know, the couple of days before that, I was pretty down that there's just so much rejection. Like, I'm just going to be honest. It's like, even as an entrepreneur for 30 years, I have never had such rejection. Like you go in and it's like, okay, if I give you $250, will you, can you go quicker? Like they don't even want to talk is it, about is it. Is it simply, is it like, because it lives in that space of like, even if I donate to it, if I pay attention to it, that makes it more real. I don't want to admit it. It's such a hard topic for people to want to absorb. So we just avoid. And I've done it because I've done some work with International Justice Mission. And it's a very interesting moment when you're in a room and you're talking about sl slavery, you're talking about online sexual exploitation of children, and you tell just enough. And then you see some of the, they'll almost like, I didn't come here to feel guilty. 
well, I'm not asking you to feel guilty. I'm asking you to feel something. And but there's a very fine line, and that's my own very limited experience. You're doing, you're seeing it as scale, right? Mm. Oh, and and it is scale. Like it, I go in, and literally, people will figure out who I am. And some people will be like, "Oh my gosh, this is so amazing!" And tell what you tell me what you're doing. And then other people are like, oh, "Let's get the hell away from her." So it's kind of. Yeah. And if you think about it, although I've been an entrepreneur and been an EO and YPO for 30 years. They don't know how to accept me either because I'm a weird duality of this social entrepreneur, but this <laughs> business entrepreneur. So I don't fit in the nonprofit culture because I'm the entrepreneur and I yeah. don't fit in the entrepreneurial culture because I'm the nonprofit girl. But when you're me, you just don't, I don't really give a shit. Like I, <laughs> I know who I am. I know, I know what I do. Um, and that's really kind of all that matters. And so it was interesting. I was meeting with a lady today and I think she like a foundation. I think she thought that I was going to ask her for money. And I'm like, late, you know what? I have no expectations at this coffee. Like whether you want to help me or not, God will find me the other money or the universe, wherever I need to find it. I'll find it. When you do good work, when you do the stuff that is rooted in love, it always, always, always works out. Because you got to remember, like, I had a pipe dream of building the first world-class treatment in the world. And mostly everybody was like, yeah, we think you're really smart, but we think you're also crazy. This can't be done. But so they've seen the crazy. And now, you know, it's easier to get people to step up. But not most people, Tyler, because it's... if you, Someone asked me the other day, they're like, well, what about a sick kid's hospital? I said, it's easier and they're like, why? I said, because it's random. A kid gets cancer. A kids get heart disease. It's awful. But the people hunt our children. They hunt them online. They hunt them at the malls. They hunt them at the basketball team. They hunt them in churches. And how people are not rioting in the streets about this. And you know, the average sentence served, like I would say about 6% of those convicted actually serve time. The average time is six months. You get, I could steal your, all your, like, get up for your podcast and I'd get more time. And that's a Canadian problem. We're very complacent. Right now, we've got the government is getting rid of RIFs. So that means that, say, for example, you have a friend and they wanted to donate $2 million to us. The government is not giving them the tax benefit anymore. And nobody's talking about this. But what it's going to do, that alone impacts little warriors a million five a year. Hmm. I, haven't so, heard, I, I hadn't heard that because we all know that is some of the strategy around giving. If you're going to pay taxes on it anyways, you might as well give it to a cause you like just to make it just mechanical from that matter. I didn't know that that was yeah, happening. They're getting rid of it and um, it starts on um, hmm. January 1. So we can use it as a tool now to say, invest in us now because it's gonna, you're yeah, not going to get that, the benefit. That, that drives some immediate action, but long-term. Long-term, we're kind of yeah. hooped. And so we're talking about, like if you look at some of the foundations, like it's 50% of their money. So what you're going to see the Alberta, the, sorry, the Canadian government do is that they're going to crack down because Trudeau, I don't think, likes rich people. And he's like, well, we're going to penalize them by not letting them get the benefit of donating millions of dollars. to Like it doesn't make any sense. And I've been having people write letters. I've called the media that, you know, the government won't even respond that no one's gotten a response. And so it just makes it harder for us. I mean, all these charities, Tyler, they're the safety net of the country. And, you know, and we all live on little pieces of dog food. You know what I mean? To, to stay alive, to do what we need to do. And then they hit us with that. It's just, it's so, it's so disgusting. Right. Is your is your funding model for Little Warriors and Be Brave Ranch purely donor driven? 
all donor driven. Not even 0.5% of all of our money comes from the government. And here's the thing about the government. Um, I haven't met any, uh, how do I say this? Anybody in government in my 30 years that I actually think does anything like <laughs> legit. Uh, I think there's too many of them. You can't get a hold of them. All they do is go to all these events and then you reach out for actual help. I think it's actually the whole system is a waste of money. Like I can't believe, like I've reached out to uh, MPs on this whole um, new kind of taxing with the rift. No response. Like it's not, the, the government isn't for the people. They're for themselves. It's always been that way. And so I don't, spend like we hired a new ceo at little warriors and she's like okay we're gonna go after the government and i was like hold on i said you can put five percent of your effort into that in yeah, other provinces not but gonna work no i said i met with a guy the other day he's like how about i give you five million in this and i'll give you another two million like why wouldn't i do that tyler like mm. i would rather go to someone that believes in what we're doing and that gives a shit about my kids to a government that's going to be like, well, if you do this, Glory, we'll give you the money. It's like, no, like, no. I'm already, I'm already doing the thing. I'm already how many, doing the how thing. Many, how many kids go through the program? Do you measure it? I'm just asking for some metrics, business question, but how many kids uh, are you able to support in the course of a year, two years? What, 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 what do you look at? What are your numbers? Awesome. So we've treated over a thousand kids at the Be Brave Ranch. And if you add our family program and the parents and the family, we have healed thousands of kids and thousands of families. And on our prevented side, we've trained over 60,000 Canadians in our prevention program, which is world-class. And to give you an idea, we have a social return on investment because our partner is the U of A. So we invest about 100 to 200,000 in research studies every year from the beginning, and they measure everything. So on the social return on investment, for every million dollars given to Little Warriors, we save the government and society $11 million. We didn't make this shit up. This is from the U of A. We know that we've reduced PTSD, anxiety, cutting, uh, probably by about 50% in these kids. We know if the kid comes to us, we can heal them. We've got the evidence to prove it. So why is it so difficult to raise the money? Because people don't want to face the fact that people rape their children. And they. someone said to me the other day, this is so funny. They're like, all the rich people are guilty of human trafficking. I was like, hey, I actually, we deal with these kids every day. And I'm telling you right now, it's the parents. A lot of the time they're trafficking the kids for drug money. Look at West Edmonton Mall. It is a, it is a breeding ground for that, right? Like it's, I cannot believe what shocks me every day and like makes my heart sad is that, you know, we look at in this province, our government, well, it's about economy and this and that. Where's the kids? My God, if they're fucked up when they're adults, like what it happens? Is a, it's a cycle and you're taking an abused individual. They're now becoming adults. They're now having children and they're, they're living out their traumas in different ways. It's very generational, it. right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. When yeah. government guy said to me, Tyler, he goes, he goes, those are all really great ideas, but I can't do those in my term. And I said, it doesn't matter. You could start it. You could be brave. I want to see Canadians step up, take, it doesn't need to be us, but my God, like Facebook isn't just a place to be like, Hey, I did this. You actually <laughs> have to do, it's the biggest thing about social media that drives me crazy is you got people like me that are working themselves into the ditches. Right. And you're like, okay, can some, can please, please help. Right. And that gets a little, 
little hard, right? It's easy to get deflated because you're just every day it's an uphill battle. The the big the big rock comes down, squashes me, and I wake back up the next morning and I drive it right back up the hill. Like it's it's there's a reason too, Tyler. Like people are like, why is there not many people like you? I'm like, look how I've been treated by my own government. Like you know, death threats and all of this stuff. Like there's a reason people don't step out and and do the things that I've done because number one, it's not easy, and number two, there's uh, there's dangers associated with it, right? death threats. I can't skim over that. So obviously calling someone out or bringing light to somebody who's perpetrating these crimes and bringing light to them and they don't want to be uh, discovered. I'm assuming that's what the, where a death threat would come from. Yeah. Well, a couple of places like, you know, we had one guy sent us a letter and he was a stalker coach and he's like, I have sex with all my male mate, like team play, like kids that are on my team and they all like it. He didn't sign his name. Got it. We sent it to the authorities and all that stuff. Some lady threatened to set me on fire and burn me to the ground. Um, you know <laughs> what I mean? Well, like you're just, uh, it's, fair enough. Yeah. it's wild, right? It's wild. But those two things do come with the territory. And then you've got a, a lot of men in particular, like when I do radio shows, like they'll type in and be like, you know, she's full of shit. It's not that big of a problem. And I love that the media people that I'm with at that time are like, seriously, like they just kind of cut them off. But yeah, yeah. it's, Yeah. Well, unfortunately, you can look at your own life. I can look to some family members. Like, I, there's examples of this all across the board. And like, yeah, to say that it's not that big of a deal is, we, unfortunately, we all know somebody in our life that, that has been a victim of this somewhere along the way. And as it becomes a little bit more talked about, sometimes in certain circles, you start to realize, I think, how prevalent it is. When did you start Little Warriors and be brave? Like, what? How long? Uh, so I started Little Warriors. Um over 15 years ago and the be brave ranch is nine years but even our first intake of kids uh we knocked the with the u of a we knocked the numbers out of the park and so i think tyler we're in nine medical journals right now and we'll be in 17 soon and so we're peer-reviewed across the world so there is no one that's saying that we aren't the best that we do and that we don't have the best program in the world Yet you're still trying to raise, like, you're like, we did everything the right way. And there are kids, like I have four of them. That's why I work this hard, you know? Do you look anywhere else? Is there anywhere? And I appreciate that you are set. You were a world-class facility setting a trend, unfortunately on the world stage where there isn't a lot. Do you look anywhere for inspiration? Something, it's a question I almost ask all my guests, especially around business. Is there other markets or jurisdictions where where they've done better or that we've learned from or that you get any inspiration from sounds like this is uncharted territory, but I'm always, I'm always curious. No, you know, I will tell you that I'm, uh, I don't get inspiration from any other, like little warriors is run like a business. So it's very sophisticated. It's very, it's very durable and flexible and very well run. And so there's not another charity that I've kind of met that's got all the metrics and the peer reviewed and the social return on investment and kind of those things. And so, you know, I guess for, you know, inspiration, um, it would come from the people, uh, that have helped me throughout the journey and the children. So like, I'll tell you a story. I, um, I got a, I was at one of our graduates. So after a year, the kids graduate. So I was at one of the grads and this um, teenager came and sat beside me and told me her whole story. And like, I, I was so triggered. I, ca- I can't even tell you because it was so awful. And like, we're just in the middle of eating, but you, they know I'm the founder and they come up and they chat and I get it. 
And, uh, you know, it just, it just breaks my heart. And so she just graduated and, um, she sent me a message on Instagram and it said, uh, I graduated little warriors today. I'm happy. I'm healthy. I love my life. And it's because of you, because you built the Be Brave Ranch. And so for me, that gives me hope and inspiration to keep going because I'm tired, Tyler. Like I am so burnt out. <laughs> I am so burnt out. And so it's these little pieces. And I met with a friend of mine the other day and he's like, Glory, because he knows that I've got to raise his 20 million. He's like, what if I lent you 5 million at 2%, which is nothing so that you can get moving on the building. And like, I just wept, you know, like. I don't need any more shit in my life. I, if you want to love me and you care about my kids and the work that I'm doing, if you can volunteer, if you can give a dollar, if you can make socks, we'll take anything. We just want to all work together so that we know that they're not going to stop abusing our kids. They're not going to stop human trafficking them, raping them, all of that stuff. The best we can do is prevent it as much as we can. And number two, is is uh is rehabilitate the kids is treat them and i'll tell you that last day of grad when you see them the first day tyler they they got dead eyes you can't they're not alive and at the end of the year i tell you is it's a one year one year program yep okay um one year intense multimodal um so we do nine different types of therapy we have 70 staff um, oh, wow. okay. Yeah, and so when we build the the expansions done, so when we once we've built the adult treatment center and doubled the size, we'll be a twenty million dollar organization. And hundred percent donor driven, like that's impressive. Because most most organizations, there's a government piece somewhere, or there's fifty percent or forty. Like there's usually a number at the table to rely hundred percent on donors. That's that that's that's a constant uphill. Like you're always doing it, right? You're always working at that. Well, sort of because. My background on in my business is the marketing side. And so I've spent 30 years building nonprofits, sustainability, infrastructure. So I took everything that I learned and I did it, I did it with my own. And so we don't have an issue hitting our budget every year. It's the expansion that we need okay. to raise the money for. Like we don't, we can hit that number of the 5 million, but now that we're doubling and building the adult treatment center, you know, we've got to, and trust me, I didn't want to do these projects at once, but we had already committed to the adult center because it's the number one thing people ask. And then COVID happened and the numbers went through the roof. But imagine you're me and they're phoning and you have no beds. Right. And that's why the guy yesterday is like, what if I loan you the money at no interest? Right. Until you raise it all. And like, even quietly, I've raised probably 5 million so far. Um, but I'll tell you, I'll take my chances with beautiful people over a government that is only in it for themselves. And I mean that provincially, federally, munis, all of it. I would rather take my chances with the humans. And to give you an idea, like I think Little Warriors, since its inception, we've raised 50 million. Like none of that is from them. Got it? Like, I want to go to the people that care and believe and are going to be advocates. The government's never going to do that. They've come to me a few times and said, listen, will you create this other program for us and we'll give you money? I'm like, it has nothing to do with sexual abuse. It's not even in my wheelhouse. So no. And so, (laughs) you know, I don't, I don't want, I don't want to be in a relationship that is one-sided. And with our donors and the people that love us, they're all in, right? Mm -hmm they're all in. I'd rather that's my choice. It always has been. Our board has actually has a policy 
we will only take up to 20 to 30% of our all the money that we raise from the government. And then it gets cut off. We won't take any more. We will never be dependent on them. No. How, and you've touched on it a little bit, been through the, the one-on-one, the counseling, the therapy, the, all the different versions. You're burning the candle on every end, the, burning the candle in the middle. How do you stay energized? And like, I, you're coming out of your, like, you're so passionate about this, but I also appreciate, and you and I even chatted the first time we met, of like, man, things aren't important the same way they used to be. I'm refocusing, I'm reestablishing where, who I am and what's important to me. How do you keep it going? Because it is, this is all encompassing and it's 24 seven. You know, that might be the most brilliant question and the first time ever that anybody's asked that because they're like, wow. And I'm like, I'm not doing it all, Tyler. Like I'm holding it together with fucking crazy glue. <laughs> you know I mean? twine? No, man. <laughs> like, I mean, let's be honest. I, like between my businesses, my four kids, you know, the little warriors, the expansion, and that's not even all the stuff. And so I've had to make some pretty big changes. Um, is I've had to make some really big changes. And so okay. one of them is, is that uh, to one of my companies, I'm bringing in a president to run it. Uh, I'll still be involved, but not at the level I, w- I won't run the day to day because yep. Little Warriors needs me now more than it ever has. Um, you know that I just got a brand new puppy. Her name is Ruby. <laughs> and I am like, on. I just I need something. I need to find my way back to myself, Tyler, to be honest, is that I've given everything away and I'm below empty. Like I, and I just drive around hitting walls. It, but I'm such a, a big, um, I, I'm a big producer, right? And so that also is a double-edged sword, right? Yeah, totally. um, it's a double-edged sword, but no, like I'm doing the best that I can. I'm exhausted and I'm begging people to help. And I mean, I'm going to be honest, it's if people don't really start to step up and a lot of people in a big way, there's only so much longer I'll make it. And that's the truth because I've had two nervous breakdowns in the last six years, right? I've spent 30 days in a trauma center, like under, you know, psychiatric watch when I had can't, like I got to deal with my own stuff. And it really isn't fair that everything gets pinned on one person and one organization. Like it's just, you know, I can't like, I don't know how other, how else to say it. And people are like, oh, da 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 da. I'm like, no, I need your help. Like, I'm not kidding. Like, I need the help. I can't. It's been 15 years. I, I, I'll tell you, I don't sleep and I can't get over 115 pounds. Because <laughs> your body's just evaporating everything you put into it. <laughs> right. Like, that's not healthy. I've got severe anxiety every day, you know, with all of this stuff. And there's a piece of me going, like, okay, guys. Every, we need people. They're not just my children. They're yours. They're everybody's, right? That's They're the, everybody listening. The village you know? takes a village. Who's in, your, who's in your corner? Obviously, 30 years married. It's like, who's, who's your support network? Oh, um, my husband. Um, it was interesting, Tyler. In my first book, I talk about this warrior, it's called. And uh, I used to pray. And every Sunday, I grew up Anglican. I go to church. And my grandfather pervert guy was sitting beside me and 
you know, like it was just really messed up. And I would, I don't know if you went to church, but I would go up and they'd be like, I went to, I went to church growing up every Sunday. I was, I was, whether I wanted to or not. So yes, I'm familiar with that model. (laughs) Me too. So I would go up and they'd say, who wants to get saved, you know, by the Holy Spirit. And I would go up and I would put my arms up. And, and finally I was like, and this is really profound. People say, well, you must've stopped loving God. And you must've like, just been like, I'm so mad. I said, no, I just prayed for something different when God, because I would pray, God, please make my family love me and make him stop. And it kept going on and getting worse and getting worse. And you know, all I did, and thank God for my faith, because I was like, God, and this sounds so like sad, but I said, "Um, can you just give me one person that loves me? I just want one. I can make it if you give me one. And I met that guy. His name is Gary. And I've been married to him for 30 years. And that guy is my everything. Like people will be like, my kids are first. I'm like, no, my husband is first. My kids are second because without a good marriage, you're going to lose your kids and you're going to, it's going to break it up anyway. And so, you know, he um, never missed a cancer appointment not a treatment thing. He is the most beautiful human I've ever met in my life. And probably maybe six months ago, he said to me, babe, what's enough? He's like, you know, Glory, Hmm. barely anybody hits it home financially in business, let alone builds world-class facilities and has done what you have done. Like he goes, honey, he goes, what's enough and why? And I, it's a good question. It's a tough question. The well, answer when you when you're a go go goer, right? Well, let me tell you, it's even it's even tougher, dear, to answer the truth, right? <laughs> and and no, it is, and because yeah. you know he's one of the people that I really respect. He's a lot quieter than me, but I said to him, Gary, maybe I know it's not ego, but maybe little warriors and that work and helping people makes me feel loved. And it makes me feel like I'm not a lo- I'm not, I'm enough, and I'm not a piece of shit. I said, if I have to be really honest, I'm doing it for the right reasons, but the piece that's in it for me, but that's an addictive piece, right? Like, uh, yeah, I was going to say it, that, it that that's a, that's moving into a different category. I put on yeah. my armchair psychology ad on here, which I'm very cautious not to put on. <laughs> yeah, but that's a different one. The, you know, I'm not. I'm. It's kind of that's an I'm that's an I'm worthy statement, right? It mm-hmm. is. And my biggest thing, yeah. and most survivors are like, I'm not worthy. I'm not yeah, lovable. Yeah. I'm not enough. I'm dirty. All the five things I just said, they all say it. And, you know, it's interesting too, because here I'm dealing with a group of people that are very broken and they're so broken, they can't step up and help. Right? Like someone asked me, they're like, how many people do, are like you that the media can go to about stuff like this? I'm like, I don't know, about three across Canada. Hmm. And they're like, why is that? I said, would you want to be labeled? And when people look at you, they're like, that's the sexual, that's the lady that was sexually abused, raped by her grandfather. Like, that's not ever anything I wanted in my life. Yeah, but no I, but you probably wanted to get away from it as much as you can. First, right. but the only way to go, the, the only way forward is through, as they say, right? Well, mm-hmm. and I call that the swamp, right? Is the swamp is where all the shit is. But if you don't try to get through it to get to the other side, then you're never going to have a life that you're satisfied with and that you're happy and that there's joy. Like you gotta, you gotta work through it and deal with all those trigger. I mean, think about it. I'm in my triggers every day dealing with this, right? Like it's not, it's not, it's not easy, but my husband has never said, give it up, walk away. 
and he never he wouldn't. Um, and even when I said, I'm going to get a president to run the business, he's like, okay, so you're going to go to little warriors, which makes no money, but you're going to do this move. And I was like, yeah, it's the right move. He goes, then let's do it. Hmm. You know? And so he's, he's always got my back. I've always got his and yeah, he's just, uh, he's the most important person in my life. That's amazing. I'm going to, I'm, I don't want to assume false rapport, but I'm going to ask because we're having a good chat. Are you happy? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a loaded question. It is. Uh, I know. I know. <laughs> really fucking ballsy to ask it. But, I know. <laughs> um, um, this is what I would say. I've spent m- most of my life not happy. Um, am I absolutely fulfilled and loved and deliriously happy in my marriage? Hundred percent. Am I in the same place with my family? Ninety. I got some work to do to be a better mother because I've been so on other things um with my mental health and the way that it's been and it's just been an just been such an asshole uh no i'm not happy like i i don't want to live with this anxiety this debilitating anxiety i just don't um so mental health wise i'm not happy but i'm working on it and i've got a plan um my friend group my tribe 100% happy um, the work I do in my business with nonprofits and little warriors, I'm happy. But I would say with that, that it, I just get depleted so quickly because there's just so many demands on me, right? And people be like, I can't believe you didn't get back. And why wouldn't you book an appointment? Why did your assistant do it? I'm like, are you seriously giving me shit? <laughs> about that like they people forget they take for granted that i'm working two jobs right you know and i just say have a little patience like i am trying to look after my own self well save our kids you know like please have a little patience but we know those people aren't actually looking at you they're just looking out through their own filter like, they are be, their, their be, own their clear. own lenses right absolutely my 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 rose color i have lots of colored glasses and not all of them are awesome <laughs> i get and it sometimes there's a mirrored lens looking back at your own bullshit but anyways not to i really appreciate your aunt thank you for allowing me to like you yeah. could tell me to fuck off would have been a fair answer yeah. to that question but i love how you said you laid it out and like yeah i can be really happy here but i can still be working on things over here and i, I mm-hmm. what my hope was or why i even ask is so many people are listening we all deal with our own stuff and we no no mm-hmm. everything's great everything everything's everything's fine freaked out insecure and emotional no i'm fine but i loved how you were honest and like well this is great this is great but i'm still working on this here so it's not great and that and that's okay and i'm working on it i really thank you for answering it that way and putting it into a few buckets because we're all of our things right we're not just one we're you're not mom you're not wife you're all of the things and some could be great and some could be shit at the same time i think that that's the thing too like i don't know that in life i think that like i was i think i shared my second book is called i am surrender and it's been my toughest lesson. I'm in the remedial program about letting go and like letting God kind of take it or universe or whatever is that I really, the invisible hands. (laughs) Yeah. Because I really struggle with, I don't know. I just, I really, I have a, I really have a hard time. And so my second book is about letting go and really letting go. And I've done that in so many areas. And even with little warriors, I'm like, okay, it's, it's, I've given it to God. I'm still going to work hard. And then I take it back because it doesn't happen as fast as I want. Then I give it back. So we're always in this kind of this piece. And, you know, it's, um, it's hard to do something that everybody maybe like on social media thinks is a really great idea, but they're not kind of willing to back it up and help. Right. Like that to me, if I could switch that piece 
then I could do this longer. But, you know, it as like my husband's like, Glory, like, you know, I mean, I'll probably build, I'll, I'll finish the adult treatment center. I'll finish the expansion. And then I'll take a look at where things are at because, you know, I've been beating this drum for 15 years yeah. hard, right? Speaking all over the place. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's so, it's so much, but, and I'm willing to do that, but I need other people to walk with me. And I think that that's an only a fair thing to ask. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I appreciate that. It's such a, so such an interesting when you're growing something like a business like that, while also evolving and growing yourself and who you were 15 years ago, mm-hmm. five years ago, 10 is different. Like we go through different cycles in our lives. And, and I think you mentioned you're in your fifties and I'm, I'm about to turn 50 in November. And it's amazing. Some of the things like, Oh, it's not a big deal, but I'm saying, well, I'm going to look, I'm looking at that a little differently now. Like there are shifts and just part of the journey, which is kind of an adventure unto itself. And I'm giving it the nice road colored version of it. Not for everybody. Is it like that? <laughs> But you start to change your filters. <laughs> well, and I think that, you know, you look at your friend group different. You look at what you need to do and use your brains and not your brawn to get there. Like, you know, I there's just certain people in my life that like I'm a saver. I'm like, I'm going to get in and save you. And I've I've let go of that. Like yeah, at the end of the day, I, I got to look after my own oxygen mask and my own kids. And so, you know, my tribe has really changed. The way I do business has really changed. Um, the way that I, like, I know now that I'm worthy and I'm more than enough. I may have glimpses of, you know, why aren't people supporting us? And maybe I'm not doing a good job and things. And then my husband will be like, give me a little swat in the head to be like, <laughs> glory, uh, Yeah, I love you know, mm-hmm. but you need that person in your life that, that cheers you on. And, and for me, like, Seeing the kids at the ranch and and knowing I had this little guy and it was at the very beginning and he's like I went into the art therapy room and I said uh, hey how you doing I'm the founder and he's like what's a founder and I was like oh yeah like the kids friggin eight like why would I use that <laughs> I said I'm the lady that had the vision the idea to build this and he looks at me he goes why would you do that and I said because I'm a little warrior as well I'm a survivor like you and he goes I heard you raised a lot of money. I said, we did. And he goes, question, why didn't you take that money and build yourself a house? <laughs> and you know what I said? To I, him? I love child honesty. I do. I love oh, it. <laughs> I love it too. And you know what I said? I go, sweetheart, no house is worth what we can do with the money for you. Like, honestly, dear. Like, and I said to him, uh, there's so many people that love you. And he goes, really? He goes, well, they haven't met me. And I said, you come around the, you come around the ranch and I'm going to show you all the signs and I'm going to tell you the story of every donor. And that kid had me walking around that place for hours, you know, but he couldn't understand how a woman would build this for him. Right. And why she wouldn't, you know what I mean? Like, well, why wouldn't you keep the money? I go, no, sweetie, it's about you getting to be healthy and live the life that you deserve. Like, isn't as parents, don't we all want our kids to live a beautiful life? But in order to do that, we need to help the ones that have been abused, right? We have to, you know, there's so little Tyler, like that's the thing that's so hard for me is like just seeing them and, you know, like they just look like our kids, you know, like I yeah. just. They look like normal kids. Yeah. But yep. they've been through this horrible traumatic. How do, how do they find their way to you? Uh, all online. 
And to be honest, the like the teenagers, they fill out their own applications uh, and the kids, the parents find us. So, I mean, that's a great thing about owning a marketing company is we do all the SEO and all yep. the stuff. But like and so they can find us and plus they'll hear about us speaking, book stuff, whatever it is, is we have no issue getting kids. We've actually wow. got yeah. um, seven countries trying to get their kids into our facility, but we don't have the beds. And that's a really that's something that keeps me up at night. Is that yeah. is that piece right? But you you know firsthand the size and scope of the need, and not and to feel that we're only scratching the surface, even though what you're doing is amazing, but it's not coming even close to meeting the demand. That's that's a, that's a tough. It's it's motivation and pain at the same time. Like to just be call it what it is. Mm-hmm. I always have a little bit of a giggle because my board's like, we're just waiting for the next you. I'm like, guys, <laughs> like I'm telling you. I've had 10 people come to me and they want to build it, man, they don't make it through the first coffee. Like they, as soon as they understand 10% of the work it is no. Mm. Right. And I get it. Um, I, you know, I, I get it. It's, it's hard, but you know, I want people to understand that, you know, what we do isn't easy and we just need a little bit of help, a little bit of love, a little bit of, you know, when you're watching and posting that you saw the sound of freedom, tag in little warriors, like, we're we're behind a hundred grand since that movie went out. So I can tell you, people aren't donating to organizations that are that are helping those kids, right? There's a difference between I saw it, I look at me versus actually taking action. To your point, mm-hmm. how you know it seems obvious, but I don't want to not ask it. How therapeutic has it? You know, it's been a ton of work, but how fulfilling while also being exhausting has this been for you over the last fifteen years? Um. Hmm. I don't know. I think that the therapeutic piece is that I dreamed it and I could do it and I could build it. Mm, okay. It's a real confidence thing because, you know, most people have tried and haven't been like to build something like this is that so research and robust um, and so well built. Um, but if I'm being honest and I have no filter, I told you that the first time we <laughs> talked is that the it's been it's been very traumatic for me. Okay. Yeah. Like. You know, I, but I would never change it because what matters to me on my deathbed are my little warriors, kids and my family. Got it. And that I know that I was given this life and I took full fucking responsibility for it. And I did great things, right? I did the right, great things by helping these kids that I did my best with the life that that I was given. And for me, that will be enough when I'm, when I'm, when I'm on my way out. Right. But therapeutic, no, it's, it's, it's like living in my own triggers. Right. And, um, and that's why my mental health, I think is so, um, off the rails. Um, but you know, I was saying to you, like, I've traveled more in six months than I did in 30 years. I didn't take holidays. All I did was work. And so I'm really like, what do I like? Do I like yoga? Do I like Pilates? Do I like this? Like, I don't have any hobbies. How can you have hobbies? There's no more hours. There's no yeah, more minutes. There is, there's a limited time perspective. There I is. Re- yeah. I really appreciate your honesty on the fact of like in therapeutic. No. Did I do the right thing? Did I, did I live? Yep. Yes. But living in your triggers, which is so directly to me, easily correlated to why this gets put into the dark side of the room. Let's don't look at it. Let's don't remind us. Like so many people have been impacted by this one way or another, haven't had it dealt with. The last thing they want to do is actually face it by even getting involved. Mm. Like I'm, I'm oversimplifying, but it's really easy to see why it gets, why we look away when we should look at. 
Right. Mm. But nothing changes in life, not your marriage, not your relationship with your friends, your kids, your business. If you don't look in the middle of that storm, you're not going to clear it. Sooner or right? later, you got to walk through the swamp. Like I like your swamp metaphor because it's 100%. It's shitty over there. Yes, it is. And the other side is going to be the other side and it's oh. going to always be across the swamp. <laughs> Me and the swamp are besties now. I've spent so much time in that swamp. Holy man. Like, and you know what? I'll get out of it. I'll get to the other side and then I'll get right back in it. And then I'll get right. I literally a million times I've been in the swamp, you know, is, uh, and you know, what's interesting is that I don't really, I think that I would have been in a lot better shape if I wouldn't have got cancer where I got it, that I was actually doing well, but Mm -hmm. that cancer thing absolutely derailed me. We had people that came over every night because I was on suicide watch that my husband would have to drive the kids somewhere and I had babysitters. Oh, wow. Okay. Like that's, yeah, yeah, that's real. Mm-hmm. When I was in the treatment center, Meldrum 555. Oh no. Like I was like a donkey. They, you know what I mean? They're just pulling me around and there's a number and I'm only allowed to do this. And I got to line up for my meds. And it was very, very humbling, right? It was very humbling. And I've, you know, I've, you, I've learned humility. Like I, I really try to focus on um, the things that, because we don't learn things when things are good. <laughs> never, <laughs> never. <laughs> it, and I've learned a lot of shit because I've been through a lot of stuff. Is, yeah, because, but my next book is about like, what are the lessons and the gifts you got in the darkness? That's the premise of my next book is, which is written. I just got to have time to edit it. But, you know, I learned gratitude. I learned acceptance, non-judgment, love, great, like all of these things. And not to take things for granted. Like when you hit 50, it all changes. You look at the friend that's over for dinner, the client, and you're like, I'm on the latter part of my life. If I don't enjoy dealing with people, I'm getting out. Like I don't, I don't want to get abused. I don't want to get yelled at. Like I'm just, you know what I mean? I've been through enough in my life. My boundaries are pretty strong. Um, with who kind of gets into my energy. Don't wait till you're 50. Don't wait. <laughs> you can make Don't those wait. decisions now. <laughs> I think in my mid forties I started, but now yeah, it's yeah. like, I'm like, no. Now it's, now it's uh, a little more unrelenting. <laughs> yes. Oh, it's like, it's like a yes or a no. And there's kind of no, no gray, but I almost died at 44. I don't know how much time I have left. Yeah, yeah. And you know, I, I just want people to love our kids. Like I love them. And to me, that's action. You can say you love them, but let me tell you, if you're not taking action, that's not love, right? Because I can tell you as that little girl that was never supposed to have kids because I was raped with knives, I was never supposed to carry a baby, right? You know, it's not that I got, my grandfather felt my ass on the way up or groped me. No, no. Like, unquestionable, unimaginable stuff that I'll remember for the rest of my life for two years, right? There is no escaping. You know, it's funny. I was like, one day I was like, I wonder when I got anxiety. And then I remembered hiding from my grandfather in the house in every area. And he'd always find me. And my arm would go numb, my chest, my breathing. I'm like, shit, man, I got, I had anxiety since I was eight. No wonder I was being hunted by a psychopath, right? And, uh, and how the manifestation of stress and the coping and how it leads down the road, like that, some of the science that's starting to become a little bit more aware around 
you know, the, the body keeps the score and how trauma I love that translates. Book, yeah. yeah. That book was intense. I listened to that on a drive. I listened to the whole thing, I think in one shot, I had to like, it, 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 it messed with me a little bit. It, me I too. Had to, yeah. I had to really like, I, I wish I would have bite-sized it. It's a great book. It's very powerful. It's well-written and well-researched, but it's heavy. And it, it's, I would say a must listen for anybody because whether it's you or someone, you know, or a, a, the perspective it gives on the actual impact of trauma is real. That book was well, heavy. Mm-hmm. It's interesting because I would say only in the last like maybe four years. So I would have been 46 up until the time that I was eight to 46. My abuse started New Year's Eve. I could not do New Year's and I would start to go down in this great depression every year. And then I come back out mid-January, ruined every one of my Christmases. I could not get myself out. It's only been in the last four years that I don't do that. Hmm. My body remembered the time because I was, I was the first time I was abused was to the New Year's countdown. Like just my luck, right? You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) you know, so nasty. I know. And it's so so hard to process, but I appreciate appreciate your honesty. Right. But to talk about it Mm. and we have to, it's like, you know, even talking Tyler about like downtown Edmonton and I don't know how downtown Calgary is, but like I went down for a meeting today and like, I didn't get out of my car for a half an hour because I thought I was going to get stabbed. Yeah. But, Cal- Calgary has been on a bit of a downward spiral. I, my wife and I both have commented like go downtown and we're like, whoa, this is a very different, we live 10 minutes away, but you, 10 minute drive. It's a very different world from pre COVID to now, just picking a time, just picking a, a like a, a phase of the world. Things have shifted, not in a positive direction from mental health, poverty, street like however you want to categorize it mm-hmm. yeah well i think it's it doesn't so feel fun. safe it doesn't feel it's, safe. well it's not safe but you know what's interesting is you see all these politicians and in edmonton you're gonna laugh they did this campaign and it's called meet me downtown <laughs> are you kidding how like, out of touch can you be with your no, but kids, with this your is city. the politicians yeah. and you know that's what i mean completely out of touch with reality. they're at it like there's i live um in a very nice neighborhood just outside of downtown. I have homeless people in my in the ravine, on my street. Like we've never had that. And until we get a mayor that is brave in both cities to tackle this, they're doing nothing but ad campaigns. Like meet me downtown. I honestly from a with my ad background, I was like, I almost contacted the media to be like, you're shitting me, right? Like <laughs> I wouldn't go down there with a girlfriend because I'm accosted. By homeless people, like I'm, and that are on meth, and I'm unsafe. And yes, I have compassion for them, yeah. but I'm not going to go there if I'm not safe. Like we built this big arena, Tyler, and when you go to Roger's place, the majority of the homeless people in Edmonton are behind it. Like that breaks my heart. Like that we don't care about these people, and none of them, they didn't choose this life. It's because of the way they were abused, and so I don't also see a lot of brave leaders. I don't see a lot of brave government leaders. Like I'm really disappointed. Like people, when you know yourself, you can be brave, but when you don't, you can't be. And I think that the biggest thing we can all do is mm. learn I, to I know really like that. I really appreciate yeah, that. Yeah. Is learn to love our own selves and to know ourselves. And you know, lots of people, either people love me or they're like, that lady is way too much. But guess what? <laughs> I don't, I don't. I think you and I share a similar, I'm yeah, like, whoa, what did that guy was, that was a lot. Whoa. But, I, I used to be the master of the second impression because the first time, sometimes it's just too much for people. <laughs> you know, but for me, it's like, I'm not looking for any more friends. If, if I, <laughs> I'm not though. Like if I find someone I know, I come across, it. it's great, but like, this is me. I'm a lot, but have a little bit of respect that what I do and why I'm so passionate is that I'm looking out 
and I've created an insurance policy. If your kids get sexually abused, that we can heal them. Like that's why. So if you think I'm a lot, you know, that's your own perspective. Like I don't really. That stuff used to well, bother back me. To, and, that's that's our filter. That's my filter. Nothing. To, that's actually nothing to do with you whatsoever. Actually, mm-hmm, <laughs> to mm-hmm. be totally honest, <laughs> that's that. This sounds like a you problem, not a me problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but I, but I appreciate like as we as we get older and become more you know comfortable with who that is. I also think that in my own armchair psychology, as we become more comfortable with ourselves, I find more people, it shows up more naturally when you're questioning or when you're like judging and self-judging in the moment that can feel very inconsistent for people. Like when you show up at a 10 out of 10, but it's your 10 out of 10, even if I'm not into it, I still appreciate it. Cause I can tell you're you. And yeah. that's also maybe the a gift of getting older. I'll call yeah, it a gift. And- And I think too, like you, like even when you and I first chatted, like, and we're talking, I'm like, oh my gosh, this guy is like awesome. No (laughs) bullshit, totally authentic, transparent, like vulnerable. Like what I want to say to you to the business world, because once again, I play both sides is like vulnerability and authenticity and connectedness as humans. You want to grow your business, learn to do those three things. Yeah. And they are always put to the side as fluffy. I think they're less so now. But, uh, but still, but still. <laughs> yeah. But anybody, I always say, if you're going to ask me how my day is, I'm going to tell you the truth. Yeah. Right. I'm not, whether my mom was in for cancer surgery, I've got a friend that's in the U of A because she got hit on one of those bleep, bleep, bleep green scooters. And she's my second friend in a coma. And I'm not sure she's going to make it, you know? And so I'm also trying to fight that in Edmonton being like with the city councilors, but you know what they're trying to do? They're trying to get people's individual scooters approved with this, not get the scooters out of here because the city, I think, makes the money on it, right? Yeah, but there's, they're, yeah, there's, they'll they're be a killing, financial mechanism there, yeah. But they're killing people. They're putting oh, them I, in coma. I have a friend who works in Emerge and he goes, oh my God, Calgary it's Stampede fun. is coming. Not only do we have a whole bunch of crazy stuff happening during Stampede, but the arm injuries, the collarbone injuries, the broken wrists, the smashed side of your face from the scooters, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> it's true, right? So- uh, but follow the money. <laughs> Who's making money off of it? And you know that. Uh, anyway, anyways, we can drive ourselves nuts with all of the things. What I love about today is one, your authenticity, your willingness to show up, which I knew after our five minute intro phone call, yeah. this is going to be awesome. Thank you for allowing me to ask some questions that I did feel like I was stepping a little bit out of my skis on nah. that one. But, but, and you, you could have just said, I'm not going to answer the question. It would have been fine. So that just kind of shows the, uh, the, the ability to build rapport and just be really authentic with each other. So thank you for that. I love it. Well, and I think too, dear, like I do a lot of podcasts and I think people play safe and I'm <laughs> the one usually asking the really difficult questions. So, but I'll tell you as someone that does a ton of these, I want the tough questions. Got it? Because those questions and why you asked it is, you know, that's going to help someone. If you ask me all fluffy shit, it's not going to do anything <laughs> for anybody. Right? Oh, who, who, I ain't got time for that. <laughs> yeah. Glory, it was amazing to meet you. I, we, will be, we will be talking again. I'll say that boldly. Um, GloryMeldrum.com. You're on LinkedIn. Uh, you've got a new book coming out. You've got two books. What's, your, what's the name of your first book? Uh, Warrior by Glory Meldrum. And yes. all the money, you can get it on Amazon or GloryMeldrum.com. And it goes, all the money goes to Little Warriors. Um, and yeah, I'm, uh, I'm really proud of that book because... Um, it's a lot to put in writing what your family did yeah, and to do it with and do it with grace, which I did. Um, and you know, it was so cool, Tyler, like it was during COVID, so it couldn't be any bookstores, but it was a Canadian bestseller where 6,000 books in the first year. Okay. The, I, yeah, at, I don't know. I don't know what qualifies you as that. Okay. That's so, cool. That's well, good to know. If, hold on. If it's on Amazon, you got to sell a hundred books and you're a bestseller. 
But in Canada, it's 5,000 books that you have to sell. And an average author sells 100 in their lifetime. And so I was so happy because people wanted to know. And I've been on planes. People have sent me pictures of their coffee table. They've been in those domes that you go in the woods. And the book's there. And I'm like, that's so awesome. And I, the only reason I wrote a book is, is to get the message out there. Like it was never, you know, I never wanted to be a speaker. I never want like all of this stuff. I didn't manifest it. It was given to me as my purpose. And one of the things that I always like to say is, you know how there's like the radio channel and one is like the treadmill and it's really busy and really busy and really intense. And like, you can't even breathe. You can't even eat. You can't even be grounded. That's the wrong fucking channel. The, <laughs> the, the other channel, let's call it the A channel, is the channel that, you know, the universe, the creator, God whispers in that in your ear and says, you need to do this. You need to do this. This is your purpose. The invisible and I, hands. Oh, I, I'm going to steal that too. Like, please, the in, please do. The invisible hands. Like if I did not listen to what I was being told to do that was my purpose. There would be no little warriors. And every single person listening to this, you have a divine purpose, but you got to be brave enough to walk into that space and to listen to what it is. We've all, it's not me. I just took it. And some days I wonder why, because it's yeah, kind of yeah. crazy. You, you, it chose you almost more so, right? Thinking about yeah. it that way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it chose me, but you know, listen to what you're called to do. And it might be that somebody's crying in the bathroom and I'm that girl that I'll go over and kind of grab their hand and just be like, love, are you okay? Like, do you need a hug? Even in COVID, I didn't give a shit. I'm like, do you need a hug? You know, like if you see someone in pain, like be like, we are brothers and sisters. You are my brother, Tyler. I am your sister. It's up to us if we nurture that relationship. We we don't need to be in a competition or against like man, life is hard enough. Let's all row the boat the same way and just <laughs> totally agree. And just love each other. That's mm-hmm. it. Like I don't the only thing I want for you is for you to be happy and and feel loved and fulfilled and joy and all of those things. Like that's all I want for all humans, right? Like I just want people to be happy and And, and, and that's it. And, you know, I've found my own way. I'm a lot happier than I've ever been. If I could get this anxiety under control and here's the kicker, guess what? I have to be anxious about nothing. (laughs) Want to know the most? That's the, that's the trick about anxiety often, isn't it though? Right there. (laughs) Oh, but I, I'm so frustrated because I'm a smart lady. I know I'm not being abused. I know I'm not in danger, but the body keeps the friggin' score, not only with my abuse, but with my family stuff and my cancer and like i just i i have a hard time getting out from i have a great marriage i'm financially well off you know like i have nothing i shouldn't have any anxiety i like it fury it infuriates me because i have nothing not to be grateful every minute of the day but I can't control it, but because that, show, my body- that shows the real deep DNA of that of that situation, right? That like, oh, everything like on my checklist is all checked, but yet still it is there. Yeah, and I think that that is also giving yourself permission to be like, this is bigger than me or deeper. And anyways, this is a whole nother podcast we can go into, but I really appreciate that because people huh. are listening. Like, well, how can you? You know, it's so easy to look from the outside. It's kind of it's also why I started this podcast. I had so many people that'd be like, oh, look at so and so, must be nice. I'm like. You don't even know their story. You have nothing. You have no idea what they went through to build that business or run that charity or do that thing. And 
So they just get it was a little bit of my way of like, well, let's actually take a few minutes and talk to real people about real things and how they got there and all the times they failed before they finally had this successful win. So thank you for fitting right perfectly into the reason why I started this podcast like back in 2018. (laughs) Well, I love it because it's true, right? Like people will say about me and I'll hear it. They're like, oh, you know, Glory just wants the pro. I'm thinking I want the profile as the sexually abused kid. (laughs) But you're using the profile to help leverage and get what right. you need to like, get done. But I don't, I, I, yeah. there'll be a day that I go into the sunset and no one remembers me. It's not called Glory Meldrum Ranch. It's called <laughs> the Little Warriors Be Brave Ranch. Like, that's it. I, this isn't about me. Um, and the only reason I do what I do is, is it's not like, you know, people, the media can't talk to the kids. There's only three people in the country that talk to the media and I have to be one of them because we need it to raise money. And, but it's, I'm very much an introvert. If you can believe that, like I, I recharge when I'm alone, I'm a yogi, this whole life that I created is, uh, very exhausting. (laughs) Yeah. Um, it's very exhausting. Masquerading as an extrovert is incredibly exhausting for as I talk to, as I get older, I realize what parts of me are extroverted and the other parts of my, like, Oh, should we go out? I'm like, no, I need to recharge. I'm like, I've, I'm I'm filled, I'm filled up with people. I'm drained. I'm I'm filled up and drained out at the same time. You know, one thing too, I want to say is that, you know, (laughs) we, we see some people that are like legit changing the world. And I've been so, um, honored to at like all the awards that I've won, I've got to meet these other women. There are so many incredible women out there and men that are doing great things. But here's the thing. If you want, cause we live in a celebrity culture. So we love the celebrities and the government and like, what the fuck do they do? Like if you really want to, often, encourage, often sweet fuck all. <laughs> right. So if you want to encourage people like me to keep doing what we do and the Carol Todd's of the world and the Lynn Rosenchuk and all these incredible women that I have met, like help us. You can't just think we're going to take this problem and do it all ourselves. It's not fair. Like whatever your little part is, maybe you can make mitts or you can send $5 or collect bottles or sell beef, like whatever gifts God's given you, use them to help other people. And I will tell you, you will get healthier by filling your soul, doing good for other people. It will change your life. And Little Warriors has done that for me is that um, all of my friends really come from my Little Warrior space. Like my true tribe, they're all walking the journey with me. They really, really, really are. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Lori, thank you so much for thank one, just you. getting to know you. Thank you for taking the time. If somebody wants to reach out to you specifically, is it LinkedIn? Do you have a four? Like, what, what do you prefer? Um, so if you go, probably go to littlewarriors.ca and on there, like my assistant checks it all. And uh, so when I'm doing speaking stuff or a podcast, it all kind of goes through there and people Amazing. do an application and all that kind of stuff. And please do look at littlewarriors.ca. You can find out the treatment center, the expansion that we're building. You can see the adult treatment center, which is called our lighthouse. And it is beautiful. There's a video on the website. Um, you know, it, and if you want to be part of changing the world and, and really leave a legacy that means something, join us, join our tribe and, and be part of our journey. We'd love to have you. Amazing. Thank you. We will promote it uh, rapidly across our channels. Thank you. Love. Lori, it was an absolute pleasure meeting you. Thank you so much. Big big hugs, virtual hugs for you. (laughs) Big hugs. Thank you. You're so lovely.